Hello, Consumed listeners. Welcome to the 19th season of the podcast about eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers across California, and especially at its heart, the Central Coast. For this season, I'm chatting with food and beverage legends, people who have made a significant impact on their industries and the palates of generations to come. I think you're going to love it. But before we begin, I want to tell you about some of the Consumed Podcast sponsors. Casa du Metz is a boutique winery in Los Alamos celebrating its 12th year in this historic one-horse town. Their attention and motivation is captured by creating aromatic fresh wines that defy expectation. With three brands, Casa du Metz, Clementine Carter, and The Feminist Party, their goal is to highlight the beauty and bounty of Santa Barbara wine country. They have a particular sweet spot for Rhone variety wines sourced from cool climate vineyard partners in the Santa Rita Hills. Join them for their popular weekly speaker series, monthly wine club vineyard tours, Malibu sessions, and a unique tasting experience where you choose your own wine adventure. Join the discovery with Casa du Metz and their sister business, Babby's Beer Emporium, next door to explore quirky craft beers and bubbles while enjoying dumplings and spicy wings from Dim Sama. 2023 marks their 19th vintage, and they want to celebrate with you. Visit casadumetz.com for more information. Slow Food Co-op's mission is to empower health and well-being in the community by providing quality groceries, local produce, and exceptional customer service. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining non-GMO standards and a variety of organic selections. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store open every day, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. And check out their website at slowfood.coop. Slow Life magazine is the bi-monthly publication that introduces readers to the people, happenings, and culture of San Luis Obispo. I write the food column for Slow Life, and for the next issue, I'm talking with Sara Garofalo, a consumed alum who teaches Ayurvedic eating with an Italian twist. She just released a cookbook, and I wanted to understand more about how she came up with this special brand of dietary counseling. For locals, you can expect to find the magazine in your mailbox every other month, or if you're a visitor, pick up a copy at Boo Boo Records or subscribe at slowlifemagazine.com. Okay, on to the episode. The concept of fresh, local, seasonal ingredients in restaurants is one that most Californians are very familiar with. But in 1985, it was pretty radical. Fortunately for those of us who dine at Robin's in Cambria, Novo and Luna Red restaurants in San Luis Obispo, owners Robin Covey and Shani Covey just didn't know any better. It's the way they like to eat. Over time, they formed a shared company called the Blue Mango Restaurant Group that operates these three beloved restaurants, keeping the mandate for fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients front and center at all times, and inspiring other restaurants to do the same. They've managed to do this through the outrageous challenges of restaurant ownership, as well as through divorcing but remaining business partners. So many of us consider these restaurants a forever part of the local culinary landscape, and we have their creative thinking and acumen to thank. Here are Shani Covey and Robin Covey, owners of Luna Red, Novo, and Robins. 
So Shani Covey is here, and Robin is on his way. He thought that our meeting was from 4 to 5, and it's from 3 to 4, and that's my fault. So anyway, here you are. And I can't think of, I don't think I can think of anyone that I've had on the podcast twice. But this is your second time. (laughs) which so privileged. You are just, you deserve it. I was going to ask you, actually, before he even shows up, where does the name Blue Mango come from? So are you familiar with Seth Godin? Oh, yes, yes, I am. Okay, so, you know, like he business took business, and... the purple cow, you know. And oh, yeah. So, so um, you know, it's like naming something that's like so like not ordinary, you yeah. know. It's like mangoes aren't blue. Yeah, You know right. what I mean? Cows aren't purple. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, it's from that yeah. uh, idea, you know, so I, when I was thinking of a name, I said, well, I want to name it something that's different. Yeah. So I picked Blue Mango. <laughs> so that was your choice. Yes. I love that. At what point did you decide that that should be a restaurant group rather than these independent restaurants operating under one banner well the whole idea was to actually form a restaurant group Mm -hmm. not not say a restaurant group but a a restaurant management like service a Mm -hmm. company that would service the other restaurants the three Mm -hmm. locations in areas of like human resources accounting you know and those higher level you know functions that that could be shared by um with all three right and was that a good decision uh, yeah, I think so. And, you know, at some point, you know, we might even try to expand it and mm-hmm. then maybe do some work for other people. Oh, you that's know, a good along idea. Those lines, yeah. You know, because we have a lot of um, our information and talent, you know, yeah. um, on our team. And so we have actually been able to help some other um, former employees, you know, with their businesses yeah. and, and just getting the helping them get it off the ground in the ways mm-hmm. of accounting and, you know, different operational. That's a things, great, so. like, mm-hmm. um, that kind of softens, I would imagine, softens the blow of beginning a business. If, if you have someone like Blue Mango mm-hmm. in your court kind of helping you get set up and established. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Definitely very helpful, you know. And Samantha is, oh gosh, I can't remember her, her um, married name now. Welsh. Welsh, that's yes. right. Um, she started with you as, uh, well, she was she started a server? She started as a beverage um, Food and beverage director. Yeah, that's how she came in. Yes. Okay. Yes, and um, she's just you know taken on more and more responsibilities. Yeah. um, And now her title is um, director of operations, which is huge. It's a huge yes role, and she wears that hat extremely well. Yeah. So fortunate to have her. You know, so she primarily um, uh, directs the operations at um, the slow locations, uh, Luna Red and Novo. Primarily because I'm at Robbins still. Yes. And I, I'm the director, so to speak, there. Mm. And um, so she doesn't really need to, to go um, all the way go up all there. The way up there yeah. Plus the distance, you know. However, we collaborate. Um, and I, I do call on her for, um, you know, we work on certain things together like marketing stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and, and um, other operational things, you know, that we might make a decision on. Are we going to um, do an autograt, you know, a, a mm. mandatory autograt or service charges? You know, there's mm. certain things, um, um, topics that come up that we want to consider for all three locations. Yeah. And then we'll just get together and, and, um, and hash that out. I you love know. it. Um, 
Listener, my daughter is making balloon animals in her room, and it's getting... It sounds like the rain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you think it sounds so pleasant. I'm just going to let it go for now, but if it gets too squeaky, I'm going to have to stop her. Um, She's she's on a tear with (laughs) balloon animals. Um, Why are you still up in Cambria? Why did you decide to stay there? Do you live up there? I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the boys were raised in Cambria. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lovely town to live in, but I also wouldn't mind living in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. You know, there's just a little more to do here, you know? Yeah. Well, and you've been there since the eighties, the early eighties, I think, right? Uh, yes. Late, late seventies, about 80. Um, yeah. So if you want to talk about nothing to do at night. I mean, I think Cambria is like hopping now, um, compared to how it was back then. Right. Well, it was pretty quiet back then, but you know, it's pretty quiet now too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially after COVID, I think it's, uh, it's definitely, we've seen that the town, the town gets, uh, clo- shuts down even earlier yeah. than before. Robin is here. Yeah. Sorry. Hi. No, it's okay. I'm not sure why I thought it was 45. No, I know exactly why because I messed up on the scheduling and Can I get was you? It, oh, was it, it it was originally 45. I put it and in as 45 and I was like, "No, this is wrong." Right, and I went and back. You said all that and I got mixed up the other way. I'm sorry. I kind of knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Hi, Robin. Hi. We just started recording. I hope that's okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Do you want tea or water or anything? I'm like good. That? Okay. Thank so you. we I was just saying that um that I asked Shani if she's still living in Cambria, and okay. she said yes, but there's not much to do. And I was saying, well, if you started in the 80s there, I would imagine it was a lot quieter even then. <laughs> well, it was quieter then in the 80s, I would say, but uh, then, you know, it got a little bit busier, but mm. since COVID, it's really gotten quiet again. It, it just hasn't well, come a, back. a lot of businesses, you know, were closed, and it's mm-hmm. taken a while for the shops to get rented out. And, mm-hmm. and no, the sh- even on Burton Drive, which is supposed to be one of the like, you know, busier streets, mm-hmm. shopping streets, by 5.36, it's like quiet. Wow. When mm-hmm. does the restaurant close? Um, earlier these days. Yeah. <laughs> by 8 usually. Even on oh the weekend, gosh. the latest is 9, you know, on the weekend. But wow. during the week, a lot of times after 7.30, it's like very quiet. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Here, I'm going to push this closer to you. Robin, I haven't seen you in a long time. Thanks for coming over. And for everybody making time to do it, I know it wasn't an easy thing to schedule. Okay, so I know the answer to this for Shani, but I'm going to ask you first. Where where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the San Joaquin Valley till I was 15, Mm -hmm. meaning just rural, very rural, on on ranches. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Cambria when I was 15. But my father still worked in the San Joaquin Valley, and he would just come to Cambria on Wednesdays and the weekends. <laughs> what was your dad? Did you grow up on a ranch? Uh, I grew up on on almond ranches mainly, mm. um, and then he also worked for the state of California. Has um, experimental farms throughout the state, yeah. uh, run by Davis, yep. uh, UC Davis, and uh, so we lived there um probably for about six years i'm Mm. guessing experimental ag where agriculture right 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 so do you think that that has anything to do with your interest in i mean you have a very vested interest in agriculture 
Uh, oh, I think uh, I think my oldest sister liking to cook yeah. uh, oh. was was more influential, mm-hmm. and then me. Most of the, um, I would say seventy percent of who I went to school with were were uh, Mexican, mm-hmm. you know, Hispanics from Mexico. Yeah, and um, and so that I was interested in their food because mm. it was different than. Hamburger patties and boiled potatoes. <laughs> and peas, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, yes, that the global interest has always been evident to me, anyway, in all of the menus. Um, so you think that that stems from there and from your sister liking to cook? Yes, yes. That's awesome. Where yeah. is she now? She lives in Napa Valley area. Does she yeah. cook for a living? No, no. Oh, okay. She's a, she's a CPA. Oh, she is. She's a CPA. A CPA with but, a great but palate. She, but she loved to, to cook when she was younger. Yeah. All right, so you came out here to Cambria, and what brought him here? Uh, my mother wanted to live by the ocean, Aww. so they bought a piece of property uh, with an ocean view and, um, and built a house, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. When the two of you met, did you know that you would be business partners? Was that obvious? Did you gel in that way? No. No. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, we were friends, and um, then our relationship developed, mm-hmm. and we both enjoyed food, you know. Um, and I come from Singapore, mm-hmm. and I think that's, you know, contributes to um, the the widening of the palate, you know. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for us, you know, because I took Robin over to, to Singapore, you know, when Jai oh. was a, a baby, you know, he, he was couple of times and he was wowed by the different flavors i've heard it's one of the best southeast eating. asian flavors you yeah know. singapore's so, supposed mm-hmm. to be phenomenal for restaurants yeah and for it is food. um and when shani remind me when did you come to the states 70 uh 72 how old were you then 17 okay and did you come because your parents moved over here too? No, no. Um, I came. <laughs> this is a funny story, but um, I wasn't even considering coming to the states. Mm. But my very best friend um, was going to um, applied for an AFS scholarship mm. to come and live here for like a, a year, and I wanted to come with her, mm. you know. And but I, I felt like I wasn't good enough of a student to to be accepted for a scholarship. Mm. So I asked my grandfather if he would send me here. Uh-huh. And he, being um, an, a graduate from a university, um, mm-hmm. American university, he was like very pro-American mm. university. So he said, yes, I will, but you have to do the legwork. Yeah. So I had an uncle who was a professor at LSU oh. in forestry. So wow. I wrote to him and I said, um, can you help me? And so he said, yeah. So I had to take my tests and I passed mm-hmm. all my tests and got accepted into LSU. And um, so That's here incredible. I came and stayed with him for a year and then I moved out to the dorms. Wow. That must have been a really big change. It was. Yeah. It was. How crazy that your grandfather was an American, had gone to an American university, but he was mm-hmm. back in Singapore, yeah, uh, Indonesia. He's, oh, yeah. Oh, he was a mining okay. engineer uh, in Indonesia, oh. but he was educated um, in college. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. My cat is trying to get in. I'm sorry. We had to lock <laughs> the door on her. That's what that annoying noise That's is. Okay. And my daughter's making balloon animals. So just, I'm aware that there's sound. I'm just gonna ignore <laughs> it. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. <laughs> um, okay. So how did you two meet then? Was it? Um, 
I assume it, it was, was in Cambria. It was yeah, in yeah, it was Cambria. In Cambria. <laughs> yeah. So. You say Cambria and I say Cambria. Oh, okay. No, no, Sorry. no, no. But I sometimes switch. Why do you Me think there's a difference? Sometimes switch too. I usually say Cambria. Yeah. Do you? But I, I don't know. I sometimes I say Cambria. Sometimes I say Cambria. <laughs> I think it's just interchangeable. Our mutual yeah. friend Sandy Sigurdsson oh, yes. right. is passionate about calling it Cambria. 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 <laughs> yes. Why why are some people touchy about that? Like, she's touchy. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the English pronunciation. Yeah. Could that be. could be. Yeah. All right. So sorry, how did the two of you meet then? Okay, so that's kind of a long story, too. Go ahead. Um, so we have I was time. going to school in Louisiana, oh. and so I had a lot of uh, several um, um, international student friends from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and one of them um, was uh, uh, came out to Cambria to work at one of the restaurants here because he used to work in Monterey at the Saudian factory a, or something a, like that. At a sister oh, restaurant. Sister restaurant. So he got a job here in Cambria working at that restaurant. And he was happened to, happened to be rooming with Robin. Oh. So when I came, my sister um, flew out from Singapore and she wanted to go on a Greyhound bus tour. You were, at those t- those times, you can get a bus tour like for $99 and just go all, all over the place. Anywhere you want. Yeah. Oh, so, I love so, it. So we did. So we, we came out to California. So I... Lam, Lam, his name was Lam. He was my point of contact. So in, I came to Cambria and I could stay with him. And he was rooming with Robin. So oh, that's funny. how I met Robin. Wow. Yeah. But I really loved the area. And mm-hmm. I was going to school at, at LSU. And my major was food um, technology, food science. Oh. And um, so um, I wanted to, I came out to Cambria one other time. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked the area so I moved out here and transferred to Cal Poly. So I finished up my senior year. Oh, at Poly. And what a great place to do food science yeah, too. Yeah. What did you think you were going to do with that? Uh, I don't really know. Probably some research, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like that field, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, but um, but I, that didn't materialize. You know, mm-hmm. I got married and we opened a restaurant. Right, right. <laughs> was that pretty soon after you got married? You started the health food store. Yeah, started the health food store. I, I was finishing up my. Um, senior project, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, about that time. So. Yeah. And then we had, then we opened the health food store. Mm-hmm. And was that and also she, called Robin's? That was called, uh, the Robin's nest. That's right. That's right. Way, the Robin's way nest. back. Now. Yeah. Okay. And so what made you think that you could open a health food store? Well, we were into health foods, yeah, like, you know, that's good. Uh, when we lived, in, da- we lived daily, in, yeah. we went every day every, to, yeah. to the health to the food store circle. that we ended up yeah. purchasing. We only, we only okay. called the honeysuckle. There. I don't think I understood before we started rolling. Yeah. Okay. Honeysuckle was the name of the place you ended up buying. Yes. Correct. Got it. Okay. Right. And so that was kind of the same model as what you wanted to do. Um, oh, a, a, a lot more yeah. or less. I, I mean, I mean, it was, um, uh, initially it was just a little, a little tiny box on the West Village mm-hmm. um, near the and and uh, and then they moved into this house and they had a, a cafe in back and so that was it was just right up our alley I mean yeah. as far as cooking having you know the sandwiches for sale yeah. having the the soups, the mm-hmm. soups mm-hmm. and the products and stuff and so we we when we and the people who we purchased it from they they wanted to sell it and mm. they uh, you know carried it for us yeah did was there was that a common kind of model with the 
the shop, like a, a retail part, and then also not a cold case, but a I, a deli. Inside. I guess. Uh, uh, well, I Govinda had I sandwiches. So. I think the retail, the the sandwich part and juices and things mm-hmm. were common. This place just happened to have a beautiful yard, so they had a full on, just a beautiful. Backyard. Garden, yeah. yeah. You were saying cafe. Indigo Moon, is so where, like if you yeah. think of Robin's mm-hmm. restaurant with the garden, yeah. I mean, this was a lot smaller, but it was still really, yeah, very really charming, beautiful. Very charming yeah, garden. I mean, I think <clears throat> about uh, even Whole Foods, there's a model for retail, yes, and then kind of like you know, you get your hot stuff like lasagna or right, right, pizza and you or can whatever. Sit, sit in that little sit. area and eat. I yeah. think that has uh, definitely um, grown and expanded more you know, in the past, I don't know, maybe even 20 years. You yes. Know? I think initially maybe you walk into a health food store or co-op, maybe it wasn't, they didn't have that much in the way of ready-made foods. Yes. But yeah. of course people have like, you know, um, needed to expand and offer more and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just natural that... Um, you you have all this food, you know, yeah. so make something with it and sell it, you know. Yeah, I love that mm-hmm. actually. I, that's I have a real soft spot for eating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we sort we of like a too. market uh-huh. deli bakery yeah. kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you ended up buying the space and opening the Robin's Nest, but then where did Robin's come from? The restaurant did that evolve out of it directly? It kind of did. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to. We really wanted to have a restaurant more than the health food store aspect. Mm. Robin um, did. Mm-hmm. Robin did, I guess. Oh, okay. You were down for the retail part. Oh, no, I was just down for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> but that was something you wanted to do. Right. I really wanted to cook um, yeah. more than, than sell um, mel- milk and vitamins. <laughs> right. Which, well, but with health food stores, the, you know, milk and bread, there's no profit in it at all. I don't know that. Is that oh, true? Yes, oh, yes. There's if, very little. Like, if you want to sell vitamins, their markup is twice, and their shelf life is many times longer than bread and oh, milk. Oh, yeah. And so, so, so <clears throat> it's a very, very difficult business. Yeah. yeah. So, so I did, and, and then, yeah, pretty, pretty much everything has been serendipitous from the very beginning, every, from... From the health food store the cafe that we had to then when we opened Robin's, the restaurant. Um, yeah, but you're missing oh, the did part I miss that something? at the health food store, you know, we had the cafe part, so we, Robin became pretty well known for his soups and sandwiches. Oh, that's right. And, Is that we opened, the- <clears throat> and we opened yeah, so three nights a week. Yes, and we started to oh. do these. Dinners. So the, there were three rooms in the house, and, mm-hmm. the, and we had like our bulk items in the very back room. Mm-hmm. So we cleared that out. And we we just had a couple of long Some tables, tables, you know. Mm-hmm. To and then we started. Uh, Robin wanted to cook, so we three three times a month or something like that. No, three times, three a, times we, a week. We did we did uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, something like that. So you we had did to sign three, up. That's a lot. You had to sign, you had to sign, sign up. up to to because it was seating was limited. It's so. very punk rock. It's very pushing <laughs> <laughs> those days. Yeah, and so that's how you know we kind of we became, you know, became known known for, in the community because yeah, then having, people would come. You know, make reservations for dinner, yeah. show up, um, have fun, dinner. And it was, it was very totally ethnic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very, you know, tandoori chicken. Mm, anyway, yeah. it was... Indian uh, and different sort of, Italian, whatever. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of, I mean, you think about it. It's, you all, I can't think of anybody who 
started that kind of global dining here besides earlier than you, I mean, that really has been the thing that you've staked, not staked a claim on, but you've built your businesses Mm -hmm. on that. Um, and I think it's very common now, but I don't, I can't think of anybody who did it before you. Yeah. There, there was, there was a, a a restaurant in San Luis for a short time, Mm. uh, that served Malaysian food. And it was almost where Mincraft is now, I think, Mm. where, you know, uh, the, what was the the store that used to be there? Like Bef- Pier One. Oh, Pier One. Yeah. Museos. No, it was it oh, was a God. couple that Rest ran in it. Peace, this Muzios. is this is way back. Oh, I this, don't remember. This is this is a long time ago. Yeah, I can't remember. The but name you of mixed it. it up too. I mean, yeah, we and mixed you still it up. Do. Right. Yeah. Well. Um, okay. So the inspiration for Robbins, we've covered that. But so now you have a <clears> restaurant, and you and you were on Bridge Street. For a right. time. Um, and then did you grow, outgrow that building? Um, not that we outgrew it, but um, Burton Drive became available and Robin had the mm. vision, saw the vision for and the potential to at that on to be on Burton Drive. Yeah. And having a or bigger... Did, did somebody offer it to us or did no, we look no, for it and then... you you saw it come Saw available. that it was, it was mm-hmm. available. Yeah. Okay. And the... The Gray Fox, which was an iconic restaurant in the 70s. Yeah. Um, in that space? In yes. that space. Oh, in Robbins. Yeah. In that space oh. um, was a very popular restaurant. People would come for brunch, you know, and it was it did well. But it sold, mm-hmm. and, and it sold again. And so, unfortunately, the people who had it the last time didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. So the, they didn't want to do it anymore. So it was vacant. Mm. And that's when we took it over. And what was the thing you liked most about it? That space? Location, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Because it was on, it's on the way, right, to Highway 1? No, if, it, as you well, travel it's, through. It's, uh, well, Heartsease. Yeah. Which doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it I, doesn't? No. Well, I, a different name. It's a different oh, name. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but I mean, from when Sharon was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, between Robbins, Heartsease, and... Seekers. Seekers. Yes. That was... I think and those Moonstone. those Moonstone. those places drew as a group. Many people would come to to go to Seekers or Heartsease yeah. and have lunch at Robbins. I feel like that was a mm-hmm. that was sort of a an era, yes, so to speak. It was. That, and they uh-huh. they all it it was like um, it made it worthwhile for people to come from Atascadero or San Luis to have yeah, the day. Yeah, and beyond, mm-hmm. you know, because Seekers was a very well-known gallery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when so. I was telling you earlier that my, we, I grew up in South County, and we rarely went out for, we rarely left to go, you know, destination dining, mm-hmm. but we went up um, to Cambria, and Seekers was totally one of the reasons we mm-hmm. we went, and then I'm almost positive we went to. Robbins as well, because it was probably like late 80s, early 90s. Um, but yes, destination for sure mm-hmm. for for those. And I like that you call it an era, an era when that was a thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So when you were at Robbins and things started bustling and it seems to me like things got pretty fast, I mean, went pretty well, pretty fast. Is that just my perception? Seems no, like you they, had they a good yes, a, audience. From, from the day that we opened, actually, we were just kind of actually blown we were, away at how 
how we were full, you know, yeah. that first day. And, and yeah, ever since. And we did, mm. we did, Cambria has a lot of metaphysical, um, what, what do you call it? People? People mm-hmm. who are into metaphysics? Yeah. New yeah. age. So, there yes. we go. Yeah. Yes. So, so I did a lot of, I did, um, retreats, retreats, like women's oh. retreats and stuff. So, which, oh. which were not just like me, but all the women would work with me cooking their food and stuff. And, and so that was a huge following, yep. but we just, we had a, yeah, in, in that five years on bridge street, we had a really excellent following and it was mm-hmm. bustling mm-hmm. at the seams. Yeah. And then when we moved, we did make a huge change because we were all whole wheat desserts oh. and honey and, 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 never, and never a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. And so when we moved to Burton Drive, we were three times as busy from the get go. Yeah. And then that had people walking. You had to get, you had to find Bridge Street, which mm. was yes, difficult. off the beaten track. And then Burton Drive was, um, you know, then we had a hamburger for the first time ever. Which is and not the, the purest that we were. <laughs> was that a hard decision? Well, it was I'm, really hard for me. Was it? Yeah. No, nothing, not whole and, wheat. That's and, like yeah, precious and, now, and the, isn't it? And the, and the desserts being made with white flour and white sugar. Was, was, I felt like I, I love, sold my soul. I hear you. I love whole wheat and I love honey. Like it's just a deep rooted thing in me to love that (laughs) but you have yes you have some gorgeous desserts that are not whole wheat and not honey but i love knowing that that's the origin of your your pastry menu um where does the wine come in you've always had an excellent selection of wine at all of your properties well when we first started we didn't have beer and wine okay and we we were actually wanted to um respect and honor the baptist church that was next door to us Mm. because they didn't you know they weren't too excited to have a restaurant that sold beer and wine next door to them yeah so we really tried to honor that Mm. so we didn't serve beer and wine uh, but I feel like a thousand years ago, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So we allowed people to bring their own, you know, in. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but then eventually we realized that, you know, we really need to have Serbian wine, you know, yeah. because, you know, profit wise, you know, it's, it's so like, good. Yeah. <laughs> we needed to do that. So we did. I, don't, I think we, we started it on Bridge Street, right? Or before. Right. Before. No, we, we did. <clears throat> no, we started yeah. on, on Bridge Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we, um, um, I don't know how how we selected our wines initially, but you know um, there's a, a lot of wine reps, you know, that, who who we've been known for, we've known for so long, yeah. and really wonderful people, and they've helped us along the road. You know, um, we're not big. Um, wine connoisseurs ourselves you know oh, how funny you would think you are based on yeah well I don't I don't drink really yeah. so I mean I've learned to drink a little bit but mm-hmm. I, I but I I did you know I was curious about wine and wine pairings you know with food and so I did go to a couple of classes and I offered yeah. that with wineries and and tried to educate myself mm-hmm. and so I think I would do a an okay job yeah. you know, with it and um, and try to um, we try to um, Samantha's been instrumental also in, yeah. in over the years in, in you know designing in our menu. She does an amazing uh-huh. job. Yeah, yeah, and and um, like I say, we have a couple of wine reps that we've worked yeah. with for a long time that have helped us with the wine list. Do you remember mm-hmm. there was a dinner? In the at the bottom of Novo, that was like a Silk Road yeah. themed dinner. 
Yeah, yeah, you were there. I remember was that. Was I there? I, yeah, I think I was. I yes. don't know that you were, yes. Robin, but Wait, she, Samantha. Samantha, yeah. Rocked that thing. I remember that was the first time I ever met her. Um, and she did an incredible job. And I just remember thinking, who is this person? And I was kind of <laughs> trying to get into, I didn't know what I wanted to do in wine, but I, I knew that what she was doing was really cool. And so um, we got to know each other and we've kept in touch over the years. And I just... I think she's wonderful. Clearly doing a great job for Blue Mango. Um, how did you decide what what sparked the decision to start a restaurant in Slow? Uh, the the landlord uh, came up to Cambria and um, because Sought because right oh. right and I and I had just opened the French Corner Bakery on the corner. That there. was yours. Yeah. Well, uh, the French Corner Bakery was his, but it was a bakery before Robin bought it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It and was called no Cambria Bakery. Right. Yeah. Okay. But and th- it's still for, called the French for, Corner. Right. For two years, I think, yeah, I gutted it and redid it and opened it seven days a week. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. <laughs> but, but, you know, as Shani can tell you, I, I tend to have big ideas you know, but there's not always the money for them. Yeah. <laughs> but I start them he's not anyway. Practical. He's a, vision, I'm he's not, a visionary I'm not, right. in this partnership. That's me in my uh-huh. partnership. Yes. Right. yes. Right. So, so that, um, so I had just opened it on Valentine's Day. And I think in, um, I think in March, I got a call from the, my landlord at Novo and said, oh, I have a piece of property, you know, and, and I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm too busy. I, I, um, and then, and then he called me about, I don't know, maybe two weeks later and said, Oh, you really should come look at it. And so I said, okay, the next time I'm in Salos, I will. And so I did. And then when I saw it, I just, you thought then that it would work out. Oh my gosh. All you have to do is see Hygera and the Creek. Like, yes. like it's just, yeah, it's like, impossible to, you're right it's to, a winner it's a winner yeah. I, I mean because it's not anywhere on Hygera it's right there on Hygera yes and it was Kona's <laughs> right and that's my landlord okay he, he started oh. Kona's oh okay so I, I worked at Boo Boo's uh when Kona's was still there okay. and that was like you know what was it like a four dollar sandwich or something it was ridiculously inexpensive so I was there a lot um but then when you came in, the feel of the place completely, it, it elevated so much. Um, yeah, and so I wondered if that was a slam dunk for you when you saw it, or if you were like, I don't know if we can make this work. No, I don't think so. Do you? I, I mean, no, what, you I, st- I think I was like mm-hmm. this. So we had, and I we shared. We separated at mm-hmm. that time already. So, But I shared he, that with you. He, he, yeah. I said. Yes. He, because I knew that, Yeah. <laughs> So when, when Robin goes, do. when he sees a place and he just feels, you know, mm-hmm. he feels that um, he gets that vibe and he knows if it's going to work. Well, I don't know that I well, know if it's going to work. Well, he doesn't know that it's work, going to work, but, you but have a good, he has a good in, sense a vision. Of, at least for the location, you know, that's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So same with Luna Red, you know, that location. But Well, so. <laughs> you know I'm going to talk about that location. Um so, I mean, we can come back to Novo, but Luna Red has always blown me away. The location has always been interesting to me because I, I just found out, actually, another guest on this season is um, Caitlin Caney with Catania Brothers. And 
did you know that Catania Brothers started? That was a there was a um, a butchery, a meat market underneath oh, right. Luna Red. Right. That's yeah. where Catania Brothers started. I thought that That's was incredible. Where they okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, when you walk down there, you, there's old walk-in doors that are made out of wood. Oh my. And there's places where the cows hung. Yeah. Yeah. The, wow. It's in the cellar. I can't think right. of a less um, uh, like a, a likely le- place to yeah, have like blood not dripping. A good <laughs> right. <laughs> On, in yes. the creek, that's exactly. I, yeah, yeah, you could never build that building today. <laughs> never, ever. no, no, no. Well, but that. So, as long as I've known the Lunar Red Building, it has had people shuffling through different businesses, different businesses, like some really feeling like it was going to stay and then not staying. And Lunar Red is one of the those businesses that came in to one of those buildings that I, I personally thought was cursed. Um, and has been so successful. Um, I don't know. What do you make of that? How, how did you do that? It's like wizardry. No, no, it isn't. You know, I mean, like, uh, I think of it as Nate's also Nate's on Marsh. Like that building has had a tough time keeping someone and mm-hmm. he's done a wonderful job of mm-hmm. giving it life. But it hasn't right. been easy. It, it's not a slam dunk, you mm. know, it, it wasn't, um, but we stuck it out. We con- we were we persevered at mm-hmm. Luna. We believed in the concept and we loved the location. Yep. Um, we had faith in our chefs, mm-hmm. um, but it was still a struggle. And I think perhaps Luna would not have made it if not for the backing of Robbins and Novo. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so because. For us, Luna didn't need to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Luna could stay there, and we could take our time building it mm-hmm. as long as it wasn't a major loss. So, so as long as it didn't make a profit, and we were able to support it, you know, and even if it Boy, broke that is even, so true. if mm-hmm. it broke even, mm-hmm. that was fine. But for somebody else who n- would have needed to have made that happen, have done it. I don't it think they could have, have waited that right. long. Yeah, but we could. We could. We could wait it out. That's a very mm-hmm. responsible way mm-hmm. to build a business, honestly. Yeah. I mean, not that you didn't have to work very hard for it, but to be able to lean on mm-hmm. the other successes. Yeah. Would yeah. Be so critical. it wasn't easy. It's, you know, a struggle this for many years, you know, and now Luna's holding her own. I should think so. Yes. It's there's uh-huh. always activity so over there. It's uh, it's a good feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have these three properties that have outrageously beautiful and notable patios. Where does that I mean where does that come from? I can think of lots of successful restaurants that don't have patios, but the ones that have patios in our neck of the woods are killing it. So how did you how'd you wind up with these places with the patios? It's not like oh. we looked for patios. Did you not? No. Did you? I mean No. Well, I mean I know when we opened wasn't when we opened Chow, I said I'd never so so Luna Red originally started next to the Fremont. No. Right. The Fremont, also the Fremont. At, by the Palm at one yes. point, right? Oh, that, that was, was that was Novo during the retrofit. Right, it was nine right. months at Palindromes. But was Chow um, where Bonatabla is now? No, mm. Chow was where the there was a Mexican restaurant there, right and next, now right, is it right next to the Japanese sushi Amazon oh, yes. or something? There was a yeah. Mexican restaurant and and. Uh, 
Panaleva was there Panaleva. to start. Oh, I loved Panaleva. Yeah, yes. Panaleva yes. was there. And then we moved in when Panaleva moved out. I mean, oh, Rob Rossi yes. said, oh, I have this space or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we, we did that. And then, and then, and then that failed. Mm-hmm. Chow, that was Chow. That was Chow. That was Wait the name minute. of that restaurant, You're saying Chow. that that failed? I thought that was just like an in-between thing. Maybe, no, I guess I'm thinking the, of the retro thing. Yeah, Chow Novo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's Chow Novo that was at Palindromes next yes. to the Palm, mm-hmm. which was super tiny. Yeah. That was for nine months. And then there was Chow, which was a Asian fusion place that was in, in that location. Mm-hmm. For one year or nine months, because then we flipped it to Luna Red, mm-hmm. meaning we we changed the decor, the menu, we changed everything, mm-hmm. and opened Luna Red at that location. Mm-hmm. And then Rob Rossi, who owns also now he doesn't, but he he's uh, owns um, the current Luna location. Yes, the I current, think of it as the Mission mm-hmm. Grill. Yeah, yeah, Mission, yeah, yeah, Mission Grill. Mm-hmm. So he owned that. So he offered us to move. Mm-hmm. Which we wouldn't have made it. Luna would have not have made it in, in that location. I would have up to there. agree. Which is funny. Um, yeah. So even, when we moved, then then yeah, he he allowed us to move to, there. Yeah. Why do you think Charles? I mean, you said failed, so I'll use that word. Why do you think that oh, failed? I think uh, planning and menu. Mm-hmm. I think I think. And location. Uh, and location. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Because Luna would have failed also yeah. there. It wouldn't have, you know. And, and we put tons of money in, into both of them in order to, you know, mm, try to try. make them mm-hmm. yeah. happen. Panalevo, you remember their beautiful, like a metro, like a metro station in Paris. Do you remember right. that, like, kind of gate? And their food was wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. No, it's a shame that it wonderful. wasn't, or it's not around anymore. Um, all right, so the patio thing, you're saying you didn't specifically seek it out, but you definitely, you've... But, but we need it. It's a cornerstone. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, it is definitely... I think it's definitely in San Luis County. It helps to have business. And, and yeah, Cambria also. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it certainly has been very great after COVID. People, <laughs> true. People sought out <laughs> patios. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, so... You also... Um, oh, here's my son. He did not know we were going to be recording. <laughs> He's thinking... Hi, come in. It's okay. <sighs> we're having minimum days this week. Hi. Hi. This is Hi. Robin and Shani. This is my, hus- my husband, my, my son, Corbin. Hi. Hi. We're going to keep recording. Are you okay with just doing something else? Okay. All right. Um, You've had other businesses, so I didn't even think of Chow, but um, the Fiero Cafe and Mint and Craft. So why would Robin's Novo and Luna Red have thrived when those didn't? And And I don't know the full stories behind either of those, but... Maybe you can explain that to me. Well, Cafe Fiero was a sort of a side note. You know, we... In order to it, make mint happen. Mm-hmm. Sort of, mint mm-hmm. has no walk-in. And, yeah, yeah. But and also we, we thought we would try having a, with, you know, a little cafe at that side of town. I loved you know, that to, idea. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of workers out mm-hmm. there. So, um, But it was a struggle, mostly employee-wise. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know when you have you know, perishable food service, you know, you have to 
have a cook. You have to have somebody to prep. You mm -hmm. have to have somebody to sell the food. So it's like, you know, it's not like we had like, oh, this person's calling out today. We have somebody else to to Yeah, to cover. Like three people. You know, yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was hard um, to staff it mm -hmm. and to be consistent. And it, it's not like, you know, we just didn't need it. We didn't need yeah. that headache. Yeah. You know, of, of, of just running another sm a small operation that wasn't really making any money. Yeah. You know, so so why bother? <laughs> well, so then tell me about Mint and Craft a little bit. Mm -hmm. I loved the vision for that, and it was in a new building. Um, so you you took a chance on that. How? Why did you end right. up selling? Well, we stuck oh. it out for five years. We had a five year lease. Oh, okay. And we tried to make it for five years mm -hmm. there. And there was a lot of things about Mint and Craft that we loved. You know, I mm -hmm. uh, loved the menu. You know, um, I think Sean was the one that did the menu initially, Aww. right? Um, and uh, I loved the retail portion of it too. Mm -hmm. um, but for some reason, it just really didn't take off as mm -hmm. as popular as it should as mm -hmm. it could. As it needed to be. Yeah, I the loved the, the menu. Overhead is, it needed the to over, be. The overhead was oh, high. Yeah. The yeah. overhead was really high. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and location is not the greatest. Hmm. Yeah. And I that think, surprises me. And I think especially now, too, I feel like, you know, because since we sold it, you know, to one of our former employees, mm -hmm. um, uh, with the street, you know, halfway being closed off, there's yes. less parking. Yeah. It's very hard to, to park, to stop, to go there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think, yeah. I, I guess that like with Finney's and, and, um, Giuseppe's, yes, Giuseppe's, yes. which are on this, you know, they're both Giuseppe's is super well-known, excellent food, liquor, mm -hmm. beer and wine, mm -hmm. which help all of us stay in business is the yeah. liquor and the beer and wine. Mm. Um, and, and Finney's also, I think, you know, has a, has a, a large well, enough, well, they have several other restaurants right, as well. Right. They have support from other right, places. Yes, right, right. Yes. And so I think smaller businesses in San Luis are, are really difficult mm -hmm. to, it's difficult to make it. Yeah. Even even though they have, Mittencraft was supported by Novo and mm -hmm. Robbins and, and, Robbins and, and Luna for storage. Huh. Um, but at a certain was, point, you have to cut the cord, right? Yes, it was, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this worth it? You know, is this worth my energy and my time, mm -hmm. you know? As, uh, already, we are so tapped out, you know, yeah, in you the are. day. Um, and I'm very hands-on, you know, owner. So mm -hmm. I'm very actively working in my in, at Robbins. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I look back and go, how, how did, how did mm -hmm. I spend time and all this time in San Luis, you know, in this time yeah. of art and craft, you know, how did I do that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> how did you divide responsibilities? That's an interesting question. How did you decide, okay, Robin's really going to focus on Novo and Shani's really going to focus on Luna Red and Robin's. I mean, is it just because you have an affinity for one of the places or how does that work? Well, I live in Cambria. Well, that, and yes. So, right. And so, and actually with the way it is the ownership now, I own all of Robin's mm -hmm. and he owns all of Novo and mm. then we share Luna Red. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. And we, and, we, and we shared Mittencraft and we yeah. shared Cafe Fiero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um. <laughs> yeah. But I, 
Yeah, I think, I mean, Shani put tons of energy into Mittencraft in the, mm. the um, mercantile. Yes, yes. Tons so, and tons like of energy. He's a visionary. Mm-hmm. So he gets but, the but I'm not ideas. The ex- I don't necessarily he execute it. Execute, right. uh, he does initially the beginning stages of building up, getting all the equipment in, all mm-hmm. of that. You know, that's all him, you know, mm. the layout and the vision and um, and I'm more the executor and yeah. the operations. You know, when we first started Robbins, it's like he was in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I was on the floor and I was doing the handling all the books. Yeah. So that's my role. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a very hands on. Yeah, an administrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I think every successful partnership mm-hmm. has both. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, we didn't even talk about, you know, the fact that you have, at least last time I talked to you, you have a whole, a one person who sources from um, farmer's markets, one person who, that's their whole job is to monitor and to care for the ingredient sourcing. Is that still the case? Right. We have a, we call them a produce purveyor. Yeah. Or, or, so, so he goes to three different markets. Mm-hmm. Um and, and purchases for the three different restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then we have, uh, and then we bake all the desserts at the Fierro location for all three restaurants. So, so he also does okay. deliveries for desserts and, um, and then, um, and then we have a facilities person, that's his whole job, and he takes mm-hmm. care of the facilities at the two locations. It's so good um, to have that. I mean, it seems like kind of a things break down a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a huge tenet of your food is the um, the fresh and market driven dishes. And I can imagine. I mean, you change your menus so often at all three locations that I would imagine that's a lot of moving parts at any given time. Yep, there's a lot of moving parts for sure, you yeah. know, and we do use a lot of different vendors. I think maybe Robin's more so than the other two, mm. but in, in addition to the farmer's market, we have smaller smaller farmers that, you know, locally we yeah. source uh, from. In, in Cambria. Yeah, and right. have relationships. Yeah, right? and it, mm-hmm. is, uh, it is challenging. It's trying to remember for, for my chefs, you know, um, order like who are we ordering this from and what delivery days is this you know it's not just like well we've got these two vendors and it's so easy it's like okay Mm-mm. we order this day it comes in this day but we've got all these different vendors and sometimes it's very challenging yeah you know? yeah do i remember correctly that you took on the the tipping thing the the issue of tipping did you change anything <clears throat> with that like danny meyer we, no we, we talked about it a lot okay a lot. i couldn't remember yeah if you had. yeah but we decided that we were not going to do that because mm. we felt it would not sit well with yeah um, oh, the locals. So hard. <laughs> it is so hard yeah. yeah because you do have to answer to an audience don't you mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just curious, curious about that. But let me ask you if it was your last day on earth and you were so proud of everything that you had done, including changing the landscape of San Luis Obispo County culinary scene, which you absolutely have. Um, what would you eat that day and what would you drink and who would be there? I've already asked you this question, but you can change your answer. <laughs> My answer was, yeah. I'll let Robin go first. <laughs> You'll let me go first? Sure. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I, I would have... Um, no, wait, don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive. He just moved the microwave. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, just off the top of my head, um, I would have um, something with fresh tomatoes. You know, mm. I, I'd, I'd have a tomato avocado sandwich, mm. probably. Mm-hmm. Um, on with, wheat bread? On, on wheat bread, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I guess for right now, thinking of, of the different, you know, I'd, I'd have, um, you know, tomatoes from Peacock Farms mm. and mm-hmm. avocados from either Mora Bay or Paul, M- Paul McKinney mm-hmm. and, and um, bread from... Uh, the back porch, probably oh, their wheat bread. My neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I'd have to I eat. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, what would you um, drink? Drink. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. So no, so. you can. I had somebody once say, "Room temperature water." That's what they wanted. And I was. I appreciate that. I respect it. Yeah. Well, I, I would have coffee. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do you have any favorite coffee? I Pete's. Coffee oh. is my favorite. You know what? Pete's people are very dedicated. <laughs> they really are. I mean, if you were an early adopter, I think you never, never really left. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've been I've been drinking it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I order it and it's delivered to my house. <laughs> yeah, and I assume that your boys would be there if you were having your yes, last meal. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Yeah. Okay, that sounds nice. I like it. Coffee and a sandwich. And and all my grandkids. Oh, <laughs> all right, Shani. Well, I don't remember I think, your answer. Yeah, well, I don't either. But you know, I I I think I probably said my family too. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would uh, enjoy having a meal around the table with my family, mm. and a lot of my family really enjoys eating mm-hmm. too. Um, and definitely would have to be fresh foods, like a lot of fresh vegetables. I'm yeah. really big on seasonal fresh vegetables. You so. guys do them so well. Yeah. yeah. So, and my favorite foods are Southeast Asian foods. Mm. My favorite. So, but um, mm. but I'm okay as long as it's fresh and flavorful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so you you don't drink alcohol. Would would you have something else with it? Um, actually, I do drink a little wine right now, so I probably would have like maybe a half a glass of wine. Yeah, do you like sparkling you know? or? Uh, no, um, I prefer whites, mm-hmm. like on the sweeter side, like yeah. some Riesling's. Or... I yeah. love love the like the off dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Whenever anybody answers me, I think I'd like to be there for that, but I probably haven't earned the right to be at everybody's <laughs> last meal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it, but. Well, Rob and Shani, thank you so much for coming over and for telling me the history of the businesses, which I know people are very curious and interested in. It's a pleasure. It it is a pleasure. And we enjoy sharing our story. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's it for another conversation on the Consumed Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Sign up for the newsletter at letsgetconsumed.com and follow along on Instagram at consumed.podcast. This podcast is edited by Chris Lambert and produced by me, Jamie Lewis. Until next time, thanks for listening.